You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a post-Pesach edition of JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matas Weingast. For us here in the Diaspora, it is uh, Isru Chag, the day after the Yom Tov. In other uh, parts of the world, it is the same. Of course, in Israel, it is uh, a day after Isru Chag. Because the holiday ended uh, officially on Friday night, <clears throat> right into Shabbos. And uh, we had an extra day. Hope you're doing well. It's the 8th of April, 23rd of Nisan. In the Daf Yomi, start of the new Masechta, will be ending one soon. <laughs> uh, Hurios, uh, Daf 8, Zavachim is starting on Sunday, next week. So it's a great time to join. It's 32 degrees outside here in our area. 47 degrees is the expected high, partly cloudy. Going down to 30 degrees. Can anyone say winter still? I don't know. Uh, In Jerusalem, 70 degrees right now and going down to 48. We're so glad you could join us today. Appreciate it so much. And uh, we'll be playing a lot of music for you as we always do. So without further ado, we'll get to uh, Avram Fried starting us off here on the JM Sunday. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Yerushalayim, <laughs> Oi
Dedi with Kulanu before that shall shell us. Kol Beseder, Dov Levine and Avraham Fried opened up our song segment this morning. How's everybody doing on this Isru Chag? It's the eighth day in the counting of the Sphira. If you missed uh, last night, please do so sometime today. Tafiomi Horios, Taf Ches, eight. Zvakim starts next Sunday. It's the 8th of April, a lot of 8s there, Nisan, the 23rd. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed Pesach. Thanks for joining us this morning, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, JM Sunday. Matis guest with you, Rabbi Goldweiss, coming up in a few seconds, and um, more music. Not sure about the news from Israel, we'll see if we can connect with Hannah Julian a little bit later on. It's 32 degrees outside of these areas, 47 degrees and partly cloudy is the expected high. Today going back down to 30 in Jerusalem. So many people are there this afternoon listening and it is a beautiful 70 degrees. And a uh, expected low of 48 degrees tonight. So enjoy those who traveled there for Pesach. Enjoy while you can before you get back here to some winter weather. If you're coming back to the United States, wherever you're going, enjoy. Have a safe trip. Have safe travels. And if you're staying in Israel, that's even better. Yeah, so, uh, so that's that. Great program continues all day long today. On the stream, 1 o'clock, a Saturday night, Seagull Encore with host Avrami. Great music all throughout the day. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser. Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Lezecha Nishmas, Tarvzeb, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Atziras Geshamim, the withholding of rains, or a drought, was considered a significant plague. They would make a tainus, a fast, and a seder of tshuva, an order of repentance for all people to undertake. The Talmud tells us, they used to take the Aaron Kodesh, the Holy Ark, with the Sefer Torah inside to the streets. They would put ashes on top of the Aaron, on the heads of the Nasi, the Av Beisdin, and everyone put the ashes on top of his own head. Why did they put ashes on the Aaron? Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi explains, it signifies, Imoy Anoichi Hashem says, with all the times that you experience challenge, I will be with you in the times of your distress. Reish Lakish explains, in their every tzara, Hashem feels their pain. Rabbi Zeir explains, when I first saw the Chachomim putting the ashes on top of the Aaron, my entire body trembled. The Kolt Safayich asked the question, why does it say, Meresh? When I first saw it, in order to understand this, we must first know who Rebbe Zera is. The Talmud of Bava Mitzia explains, every 30 days, he used to examine himself to see if he was still on the same level of tzidkus, righteousness. How did he perform the test? He would heat the furnace, he would enter into it, and the fire would not singe him. Rabbi Zeir was such a Kaddish and tar, he was so holy, that he shook and he trembled from the great Tsar, the honor of the Aaron Kodesh and the Chachme Yisrael, who had to have ashes placed on their head. With all of his trembling and his great humility, he made a Cheshben Nefesh, a personal accounting. He understood himself and he confessed that it was only Meresh, the first time that he had this pain, from then on, 
the Tsarin sensitivity diminished. Even if the missing emotion was ever so slight, he well understood the difference between the first Tsar and the second, between the second and third, because he had become Ruggle. He was used to it. What does Regilus do? It makes things old. It lessens the pain. It cools us off. Before World War I, in 1910, the Holy Chavetz Chaim was traveling from city to city until he temporarily settled in one city. The first Lel Shabbos, he was shocked to see a Jewish person being Mechalo Shabbos, profaning the Sabbath. His entire body shook. He entered the yeshiva and he began to cry bitterly with deep groans. Woe is to me what my eyes have seen. Sixty years I didn't see Chilol Shabbos. And now in my old age, I was given such an onesh, such a punishment, that this was brought before my eyes. Night of Ayum. Three Shabbosos passed. The same scene repeated itself. He saw Yid being Mechalol Shabbos. Again the Chovetz Chaim came into the yeshiva, crying bitterly. The Oynesh Kosha the difficult punishment that was sent to him from Shemayim. The third time, he began to be Mechiach himself. He knew that his reaction on the second Shabbos had not been as painful as the first Shabbos. He was shaking less. He already became a little bit used to it. And who felt this slight change? The Chofetz Chaim. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
Thank you. 
Yibane betamikdash Yibane betamikdash Yibane betamikdash Bimera biameinu Yibane betamikdash Yibane betamikdash Yibane betamikdash Bimera Besham Nashir, Besham Nashir, Shir Chadash, Besham Nashir, Besham Nashir, Shir Chadash, Besham Nashir, Besham Oh, 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 oh,
Music by Shalshelas Jr. That was Shmakolenu. Uh, before that, we heard Eli Gerstner, David Dardashti, Yaakov Shweki, and Shali Waldner. Thanks, everyone, for joining us and for being here on this uh, lovely Sunday. Isru Chag in the uh, diaspora and uh, not Isru Chag in Israel, a regular day, so to speak, in Israel. Uh, we'll get to our news from Israel in just a second. Uh, I want to remind you, it's the eighth day in uh, Counting Sphere. If you forgot to count last night, do so sometime today. And uh, it's also Haryo Stafaches 8. And next week we start Zavachim, 23rd in Nisan, April 8th. And um, and let's see what else. Well, here it's 32 degrees outside. The high today expected to be 47 and partly cloudy, although it's sunny right now. 30 degrees is the expected low. We'll hear what the weather is in Israel in just a few minutes. And uh, as I mentioned that, it's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. It's been a busy weekend. We've just gotten news of a terror attack that was foiled barely an hour ago by a Jewish driver who was passing the intersection at Mishora Dumim, a few minutes away from Jerusalem. An Arab terrorist armed with a screwdriver tried to stab an Orthodox Jewish couple who was at the intersection there near the gas station. The Jewish driver who was armed spotted the attack in progress. He saw the terrorist chase the Jewish couple. He opened fire and shot the terrorist and neutralized him. He was a civilian, by the way. The terrorist was taken to a nearby Jerusalem hospital. He is reported in serious condition. The paramedics from Magen David Adom uh, arrived within seconds. They treated three people at the scene for severe anxiety. The couple is not physically injured. They were not touched at all, but uh, understandably, they were pretty anxious. Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman has asked the chief legal advisor to investigate calls by leaders of the far-left B'Tselem organization, telling soldiers to refuse orders to defend Israel's border with Gaza. Lieberman says he's looking into the possibility of charging the organization with inciting soldiers to disobedience. Lieberman also says the Hamas terrorist organization bears full responsibility for what happens in Gaza and on the border, including the deaths of the protesters. A photographer was killed Friday while wearing a flak jacket, identifying him as a journalist. But you couldn't see it because of the thick black smoke from the thousands of burning tires. In addition, that photographer was not so innocent. As it happens, he was flying a photography drone above the Israeli soldiers, which is an absolute security threat and one that journalists are warned about. He was warned in advance, and so was everyone else, in Arabic, Hebrew, and in English. Some 20,000 people protested Friday. 10,000 tires were burned on the border with Gaza. Nine people were killed. More than 450 were injured. Lieberman pointed out that hundreds of people were killed this weekend in Syria, 
men, women, and children, some of those in a chemical warfare attack, and yet no one heard a word from the UN uh, Secretary General or from the Security Council. No meetings were called, or for that matter, from the Arab League. No meetings and no protests whatsoever. Finally, today is the Moroccan celebration of Mimuna. And uh, that there sounds are like a- the word Emuna. <laughs> is there any relationship to Emuna? Yeah, actually, there is. Uh, I'm going to actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a little bit from uh, a piece that uh, David Israel wrote for the Jewish press. And I'll tell you why, because the explanations are so convoluted for this particular holiday that I have given up trying to explain them. There are there are about uh, 15 different explanations. He's he's given us about three, and um, I just think it's better to read it straight because it just doesn't make sense otherwise. One of them is Rabbi Ari Enkin. Uh, the Mimuna commemorates Maimonides' father, Rabbi Maimon ben Yosef, who was either born or died or both <laughs> on the day after Passover. Maimon was known for his work on Muslim-Jewish relations in Morocco, which did not prevent the family from having to flee the country eventually. Rabbi Enkin offers a second source for the name, the Arabic word mimun, for wealth and good luck, uh, or from the Hebrew word emunah, that's yours, Matis, meaning faith, all three elements that are vital, we believe, for a nation that has just emerged from a week of eating mostly matzah. (laughs) Also on this day, according to the Medrash, the gold and jewelry of the drowned Egyptians washed up on the shore of Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds, and was picked up by the Israelites. Some, by the way, believe that this day is opportune for earning a living and finding a mate, which is why couples used to ask for special permission to get married on the Mimuna, even though it falls on the solemn days of the Sphera between Passover and Shavuot, which explains the traditional Mimuna blessing, Tirbehu Vitis Adu, be fortunate and happy, a blessing for young newlyweds. Well, uh, I'm looking this up a little bit as we speak, and one of the traditional foods that is from Libya is a round loaf, a challah-like round loaf with a hard-boiled egg secured in the center with strips of dough around it. And uh, single men and women received, like you said, the blessings. They would be married in the year ahead. So it could be uh, the entire year, I guess. Uh, But as with many customs, it's just like, you know, pick something and it's probably part of it. Uh, Yeah, well, let me tell you, that's that's not what they're serving here in Israel. What they're serving here in Israel is is a confection that if your system can handle it, I promise you, if you've had any problem gaining weight, you will have problems no more. It is called the mufleta. Ah, mufleta is dairy, <laughs> is is buttermilk, sweets, and pancakes. It's all it's a it's a special pancake served with honey. In case it's not sweet enough. Uh, correct. It is actually. I I I was served this thing last night. Someone finally, at last, managed to convince me to come to a Mimuna celebration last night, and I have to tell you that in my entire life, and I am not shy with sugar, 
I've never in my entire life ever seen that much sugar all in one place. <laughs> well, ever. one of the reasons, apparently, according to what I'm reading here, uh, is that uh, well, well, were there sesame seeds uh, all no. around also? No, because no, that's no, supposed they, to represent the mun. That's true. Yeah, no, they what they had though, um, similar. They had one of the things they had on the table was a bowl of flour and um, four stalks of. Yeah, wheat, uh, right? Maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was lima beans. Okay. Um, but there were the whole. It was full, which I guess is lima beans. The green, the the stalks of lima beans, okay. and inside of us were the lima beans stuck out of this big bowl of flour. Another thing was a bowl of milk, and the third thing they had, which is also traditional, which was unbelievable in my life. I never thought I would see it. There was this huge bowl of a thinned out type of marshmallow fluff. Is it called fluffernutter? <laughs> it would make you pretty nuts. Yeah. Everybody got a big gooey spoon of it and you had to eat it because if you didn't, you would insult your hostess. Yeah, so course. you'd better eat it. And, do you, and do you know uh, what, um, do you know what, what was traditionally put, placed in the bowl of flour? Uh, beans, I guess. Nope. Oh, no, coins, I think. I think it was coins. Go golden rings, I guess, or coins could be substituted, yeah. Yeah, I, I think actually they did put money in this thing. I think that's what they did. Now, is everybody yeah. dressed up specially for the occasion oh, yeah. with jewelry yeah, yeah, and everything? Wow. Yeah. Did you take pictures? Uh, I took pictures of the food. Oh, food. <laughs> and, and the food and wine. They served wine. Can you Very post fancy it? wine. Can, can you post uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'll send you a few shots of this. It was uh, unbelievable. Um, and they sent me home with huge plates of some of this because I have, of course, I had to have everything. Of course. You know, that was a big thing. They they had managed to candy or preserve with sugar every single item that was possible. And the other thing was that uh, with the exception of the flour and the exception of the mufleta, they informed me that every single thing was kosher le Pesach. Of course, it was kosher le Pesach for, you know, the Sephardic population, because for us, none of it was. But uh, they had peanut this and and kidney oat that. Not one of these things was made uh, with um, regular flour. I, I don't know how they did it, but they did. It well, was unbelievable. But, but you live in Israel. You shouldn't have to worry about <laughs> kidneyos anymore. Yeah, that's what I said. Funny about how the rabbi didn't let me do it anyway. Well, there is a <laughs> there is a movement in Israel among among the religious some that the feeling is that if you're in Israel and you're living there, then it is a traditional Sephardic country, as it were. Yeah, there is a movement actually. There I, is. I'd look Especially forward to that. Especially among the younger ones. That, that would that would be my. Uh, I will choice. take it up with Shia. Now I will be one of the first. <laughs> now I'll, I'll let you look up something when you get a chance. There is an even older celebration called, if I'm pronouncing it right, Saharane, which was celebrated by Kurdish Jews as a multi-day uh, festival after, oh. right after Pesach, commemorating the day the chametz could be eaten, and. Uh, and it has a 2,000-year-old continuity in the uh, Kurdish community. 
Wow, I don't know about that one. Yeah. I have to look that one up. Apparently, there's the, what, what are the foods for that one? Uh, leftover matzah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I do not know. Uh, it's two thousand years old, so whatever it is, it's just. And I don't know what they're eating. They're eating whatever they. I don't know. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's pretty old, Matus. Yeah. Well, then it says that one is influenced by another festival um, called Akkadian, Akkadian, Akkadian. I don't know which is which goes back oh, long, long. Akkadian. I, I don't, yeah. It's, well, I'll have to take a look at that and report back. That sounds yeah. interesting. Kurdish food is pretty good, I want to tell you. So it can't be bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Akkadian is the language. Akitu is the um, is the festival from ancient Mesopotamia. So it might go back to uh, emerging of some uh, festivals. But wow. uh, apparently in, in Bavel, it started on the 21st of Adar and lasted to the 1st of Nisan, which, of course, would coincide with the beginning, be, before uh, Pesach. Well, anyway, we'd have to ask uh, a resident uh, historian, I guess. Actually, I, I have someone in Jerusalem who researches uh, ancient foods and... Uh, temple foods, biblical foods, things like that. He lives in Jerusalem. He's an American, actually. And he would probably know about these. I should ask him. It's interesting. There's somebody, and I don't know if it's the same person, but I'm going to be interviewing someone in the next few weeks who is, um, who I, I don't know if he's writing a book or he's he's uh, does a uh, uh, I don't remember if it's a book, but the topic is reproducing the Lechem HaPanim uh, and other Menachos. So, uh, and it's, his name is uh, Les Seidel. No, different person. From Seidel Artesian Baking Institute in Israel. Wow. So uh, it should be interesting. But yeah, let me know uh, about that person. Maybe we can uh, get the yeah, person well, he's, he is worth. He really is worth interviewing. He goes around the world. Literally, he, he goes around the world looking for ancient ethnic foods. Huh. Wonder, he's, he's worth interviewing. He's been everywhere. wonder where Cholent comes in. Uh, <laughs> he'll find it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I got to well, say, that's our news from Israel. Yeah, let me tell you about the weather real quick. Please do. We, it's, it's, it, is, it is beautiful here. Um, it is slightly cloudy. Um, but that doesn't matter because it's still very beautiful. It is about 70 degrees in Jerusalem. It's 77 in Beersheba. It is 87 in Elat, but they think it's cold, you know. <laughs> Clear skies tonight. More clouds tomorrow. Maybe some rain in the north. So we're not quite done with the rain yet, even though Pesach's over. So it's very nice. Um, we're going to have, God willing, a good week. Have a great month next month. Have a really good week. And happy Mimuna, everyone. Julie. I'm sorry I cut you off. It's okay. <laughs> no, you have to finish. Yep. Hannah Julian for Jam Sunday. <laughs> Thanks. That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on Jam Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, and it was very interesting uh, information that kind of shared with us. So, we appreciate that. We're going to go back to the music. Yehuda Green, Shirat Hayam, is going to start us off right here on JM Sunday.
of faith and dreams Book of sacred words I spoke Book of memories Covers torn Ages yellow Familiar words from another time I know. 
Nashem Chibas
minute of Pulse of Life as we get set to wrap up today's show. Thanks to everyone for joining me here on JM Sunday. Much appreciated. Uh, We'll be back here next week, uh, Sunday morning, as usual, on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a great week, great post-Pesach. Enjoy the Chametz. (laughs) And we'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network.